This is Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. The views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of this station. Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO on VOCM. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Your Money with Nancy Snedden. I am Nancy Snedden. Thanks so much for tuning in today. On today's show, we're focusing on retirement readiness. So do you feel like you will never be able to retire, or do you feel that when you do, you'll barely have enough to get by? Well, if you do, you're not alone. According to the recent study released by the National Institute of Aging, saving for retirement has become even more of a struggle for so many Canadians, and I'm sure many here in Newfoundland and Labrador. The reason? higher borrowing cost, inflation, and stock market volatility. So it seems affordability challenges are creating a lot of concern for near retirees and future retirees. Even retirees have concerns of their own. So joining me now to discuss the study and share her advice so that you can get to enjoying your golden years is Jackie McCann-Scott. She's a certified financial planner and owner of Lupin Planning Group. Jackie, it's always so great to have you. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Nancy. I appreciate it. So, Jackie, you've been on several times, but for those who may not know you, and this is the first time that they're going to get your great advice, maybe you could share a little bit with our listeners about yourself. Absolutely. So, uh, I, as you said, I'm a certified financial planner um, based here in the province of Newfoundland and Labrador, and I have a team of um, other financial advisors that work as part of Lupin Planning Group. Um, we like to consider ourselves whole person planners. So, when people come in looking for advice, you know, um, while they may come in looking for something very specific like retirement planning, we do tend to take uh, a very holistic approach and, and look at all the different factors that can affect retirement planning like some of the things you mentioned off the top you know how things like inflation and health concerns and market volatility and how all that factors in so uh, as independent advisors we work with all the top insurance and investment companies to build a plan but we always start with what is it that you want to accomplish as the client and how can we consider all the factors to get you there yeah, I think that's so great. And, and it's one of the reasons why I love having you on the show, Jackie, because your advice is really uh, fulsome, right? It's not just about like one particular thing or one particular area. You're always considering the things that are important and, and matter and can really impact people when it comes to retirement or their investments or, or whatever the case is that we're talking about. So I want to get started with the report on, uh, or sorry, by the National Institute on Aging. So it tracks retirement readiness among those age. 50 and older and the recent research shows only about a third of those over 50 at 35 percent who plan to retire say they're financially prepared to do so and 39 percent say they do not feel financially ready to retire one quarter at 26 percent i guess just over a quarter are unsure if they can afford to retire when they actually want to so these are concerning responses i think so what's your reaction to these statistics I guess first and foremost, um, you know, while I appreciate that a lot of time and effort goes into producing these research, um, you know, reports, I, I don't appreciate that sometimes they can create panic and fear in people because what I've come to learn over, you know, a couple of decades now in the financial planning world is that sometimes we hear this bad news and what it does, you know, we hear about the flight or fight reaction that people have. Sometimes when they hear these things, they freeze. And that's the worst thing you can do when it comes to, you know, uh, 
building a plan. Um, a plan started is a plan half finished. So, you know, don't let these statistics deter you from taking a hard look at what your numbers are and where you are. That being said, they don't surprise me. People come into my office every single day who, you know, are into their 50s and even 60s and are only now really taking a close look at what resources have I saved? You know, what other sources of income will I have? What's my cash flow picture looking like? You know, um, really, truly, you know, it's never too soon to start. And if you find yourself starting late, then it's very, very important to get professional help. No, 100%. And I love that uh, advice, right? So, you know, don't be afraid of what you're hearing. If you're concerned about what you're hearing, or if you're looking at your own situation, and you find yourself concerned, talk to someone, right? Don't let the fear or anxiety uh, overwhelm you, right? Talk to someone and understand exactly what your situation is. I think that's super important. So you may be surprised. You may be surprised mm -hmm. when you uh, when you challenge your assumptions is what I always say. Let's, you know, let's let's take stock and then let's challenge those assumptions. And, uh, you know, one of the comments that we use around here all the time is let's go mining for gold because there may be things in your financial plan that you hadn't considered that, you know, working with a professional, we will bring to your attention. And that could help ease the stress and a little bit of stress relief. If we let that pressure off a little bit. That can create momentum that will help bridge the gaps that these research studies are telling us about. No, absolutely. I think one that concerns me is uh, one of the other surveys said that if focus, so this survey focused on Canadians over the age of 80. Okay. And of this group, only half of those still working said they could afford to retire when planned. So these are people 80 plus. The fact mm -hmm. that half of Canadians in this, in this age group are still working and hoping to retire, but do not believe they can afford to suggests that many of those who stay in the labor force into very old age are doing so at of necessity rather than choice, right? So I know some seniors enjoy working. They enjoy having, you know, something to do a few days a week or something like that. But that's very different than people mm -hmm. who are 80 plus and can't afford to not work. So what's your response to that finding? My initial response is heartbreak. You know, there definitely, um, it, it, it concerns me that, you know, this demographic that has, you know, built our province and our country that have, you know, um, worked so hard a lifetime and contributed to the tax base and, uh, you know, and provided the services and products that we as a population rely on are not able to have choice in their golden years, as you say. And, uh, and I think a lot of that comes down to a lack of financial literacy. Lots of times when, you know, I'm involved with several um, organizations that, you know, uh, work to promote financial literacy for the country. And they often talk about starting in the schools and working with young people. And while I think that's fantastic, I also feel like this particular group that over 80, um, you know, and, and senior in that, you know, 60 to 80 year old, they grew up in a time when talking about money and finances was very taboo. And as a result of that, you know, lack of conversation around this topic, they may not have the skills to have prepared themselves better. And, you know, that that breaks my heart. So I always advocate when I'm having these conversations. And that's why I love being on your show, Nancy, is that we reach not just, you know, young people to give them a good base, which is important, but that we help people who 
didn't ask the questions before because they didn't feel comfortable doing so, or they just don't know which questions to ask, we're trying to educate them because with that education, hopefully comes an empowerment and hopefully we can help this, you know, group that deserves it, uh, have the choices that, you know, uh, they need in their golden years. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's so important. And, and I, that's what I love about this show. That's why I keep doing it, Jackie, right, is that we can reach and help the people out there um, who are listening. So the National Institute on Aging Research also shows that as Canadians contemplate getting older, the rising cost of living was by far the most frequently reported concern among those 50 plus, followed by running out of money. So also noted within the report is that even before the challenges of COVID-19 uh, and the fallout from that, Canadians have been struggling to save enough for retirement. So is this something that you would agree with? Do you think that the concerns noted in the report um, are expressed by the clients that you meet with? Absolutely. Um, when I first engage with a client, regardless of their you know income bracket, we always start with a cash flow plan just to really gain some clarity around what do you have coming into your household and what are you currently paying out of your household? And it is shocking in nearly all those conversations how you know to the clients and and you know not so much to me now because i've seen it quite a bit but you know when i ask them to track what are you spending on things like groceries and household essentials and you know and they recognize that you know certain bills that they pay have started to creep up over time um you know absolutely there is that rising cost of living comes up time and time again in those conversations because we need to know where we are now with our cash flow. But when we start projecting out what their cash flow needs are going to be in retirement, assuming inflation, you know, continues at the rate it is right now, it's it's a frightening conversation oftentimes. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, this report has so much for us to get into. I also want your advice, Jackie, for people on how they can ensure that they'll have a comfortable retirement. So we're going to get into that when we come back please stay with us saturday morning join us for the irish newfoundland show send your request to irish nl at vocm.com or submit them online at vocm.com welcome back you're listening to your money here on vocm i'm nancy snedden licensed insolvency trustee with bdo canada right here in newfoundland and labrador my guest today is jackie mccann scott she's a certified financial planner and owner at lupin planning group so we're focusing today on retirement readiness and we're looking at a survey from from the National Institute on Aging. And there's some really concerning statistics in there. And some of the other red flags I think that the report raised for me is when it comes to reasons or challenges impacting the retirement readiness of many Canadians, among them, only about a third of working Canadians today have some form of workplace pension coverage. And families in their pre-retirement years, aged 55 to 64, are more likely to be carrying debt than in the previous decade. This does not surprise me at all with what I see in my practice. And older Canadians must plan for their savings to go further or risk outliving them. The need for Canadians to build their own savings is growing. Putting away for the future has had to compete with paying for higher living costs today. I'm sure that's no surprise to listeners either with the, what they're seeing at the pumps and, and in the grocery store. The NIA cites findings from another survey, the Ontario Healthcare Pension Plan Survey, which suggests that as many as 32% of working Canadians, including a fifth of those aged 55 to 64, have never set aside any retirement money. 
And almost half at 44% of Canadians did not set aside any money in the past year. The same percentage at 44% of 55 to 64 age group report having less than $5,000 in savings. So Jackie, when you hear these statistics, what's your reaction? Well, they don't surprise me, but I still find myself saying, wow, to, you know, to have gotten to, you know, pre-retirement age, 55 to 64, and having nothing set aside for retirement, you know, that does create a much bigger challenge when, you know, those clients walk into my office and say, you know, we want to retire in the next, you know, five to 10 years. There's no doubt that, you know, that does create some work, but we do go back then and say, okay, what have you been contributing to? Because you mentioned that only a third of Canadians have access to some form of workplace pension coverage. But if you have been working for an employer, or even if you've been self-employed, you have been paying into the Canada Pension Program, which is, you know, to your point around the rising cost of living, it is an inflation-proof benefit that is guaranteed income that will increase according to the cost of living each year. And that's something that I, you know, I, I remind people of. If they haven't saved, they have actually been saving if they've been working through that program. I also often will talk to people in that demographic who say, you know, especially if they were raising a family, we focused all our efforts financially on the children and now it's time to really focus on us. So you can, you know, do quite a bit of damage in 10 years if you really, and when I say damage, you can really attack this problem and uh, and put something in place if you really focus, but it does require a lot of focus. And certainly when your grocery bill is what it is these days, you know, it's it's harder than it used to be for sure. And I think that just makes it even more important to get the right advice, right? And make sure that you are optimizing uh, where you can when it comes to your savings. I think, you know, 56% of people, Jackie, are saying that um, they don't know how much money they're actually going to need to retire comfortably. So let's talk about that. You know, we often hear dollar figures debated when it comes to retirement. And I know, you know, we've talked before, you know, there's rules of thumb around it, but I, I know you don't love and I don't love rules of thumb because it really depends on your personal situation and what you want to do in your retirement. So mm -hmm. I know this is a difficult question, but how can you ensure a comfortable retirement? And is there a certain dollar figure that you should be aiming for in savings or percentage of current income, any type of formula? Well, there used to be a formula that said when you retired, you'd need about 60% of your after-tax income that you had when you were working. Uh, what we're finding is now it's not the case. You know, you will probably need as much as you were earning pre-retirement to support yourself post-retirement for some of the very reasons you've talked about. People are retiring still with mortgage debt outstanding. Um, you know, maybe they're carrying balances on lo loans or lines of credit. Um, and, you know, at the same time, we're in a culture right now that when you do retire, it's not like you're just sitting on the porch, you know, and uh, and watching the sunset. People who retire, and this is a great thing, you know, lead very active lives. But, you know, with some of those activities, whether they be travel or, you know, um, different hobbies and pursuits and, and things, those things kind 
costs money and they require oftentimes, you know, modes of transportation and fuel to get there. Um, people want to socialize and do things that maybe they didn't get to do as much when they were working. So right now I say to clients, we need to prepare to almost have the same amount of money in retirement as you were having when you were working. Now that can be a daunting fact for someone to hear. So, you know, but it, it, it is the reality unless we take drastic action. So there's, you know, really only two levers we have when we're looking at our investment strategy or our savings plan. You know, we make more, we spend less. If we've done a thorough cash flow plan and looked at, you know, what expenses do I have now? What expenses will I likely still have in retirement? You know, what's my cash flow source is going to be either from CPP, old age security, a pension plan, if I was fortunate to have one, any other savings that I put in place. If we still have gaps after we've done that work, then maybe there's a time for drastic action. And that might be, you know, selling an asset or downsizing a home. Um, you know, those two levers can only be stretched so far. Sometimes it requires drastic action. And, you know, those are difficult conversations. Sometimes we'll say for the next 10 years, you need to find a way to make more income because what you currently have is not going to get us where we need to be. Again, drastic action. So, you know, we have some really focused you know and uh, and direct conversations in this office but that's why people come here they don't want me to sugarcoat it they want to hear the facts based on their unique circumstances and together we figure a way to make it work yeah, I think sugarcoating doesn't get anyone anywhere, really, right? If, if they're in a situation where, to your point, they need to take some drastic action to ensure that they do have that comfortable retirement, right, or they're not struggling in their retirement. I think one other question uh, on this topic, Jackie, that I think listeners will be interested in is, you know, are there things that they should be keeping in mind when trying to determine whether or not they are ready to retire or if they do need to, in fact, work a bit longer? Um, well, it always comes down to there's really a couple of factors we have to look at what that cash flow need is going to be in the future what we're starting from how much we have to work with between now and then and then we look at their investor profile and, and determine you know how much risk are they comfortable with how much capacity do they have to ride out that market volatility you talked about at the beginning you know and what assumption can we make around the average rate of return we think we're going to get on any investments they make from now till then and you know when we work all those numbers in a couple of things become very clear you either have to save more over a shorter period of time take more risk to potentially earn more interest on those savings or delay the timeline because you know what you originally thought you would be able to do in the next five to 10 years might take 11 or 12. Um, and at least once you know that, I think, you know, a lot of these issues around retirement planning is that it's very vague. It's very t intangible. Coming in and sitting down and putting the numbers on paper at least provides clarity and it takes away some of that uncertainty. And then if you know, okay, I thought I was gonna be able to retire, but I'm gonna have to work another 18 months or two years. Once you have that plan, then you feel like you're making that choice and you're moving forward. It's not being forced upon you. Instead of retiring and finding out I don't have enough to live and then having to be forced back into a job, you know, at 75 or 80 years old, to your point. You know, it's much more about being informed and making those decisions so that you don't find yourself blindsided at some point down the down the road. I think that's super important. 
No, absolutely. And we talk about all the time, right? Knowledge is power and you don't know what you don't know. So talking to someone and, and getting a good understanding of what that looks like and what the plan is uh, will make you uh, feel better. And like you say, you feel like you have a choice in the matter as opposed to, um, you know, finding out too late, right? And having to look for another source of income after the fact. Mm-hmm. I think one of the positives that came out of this, because we have been talking about some pretty concerning statistics, but one of the positives is is that uh, the survey also focused on the need to educate people more about retirement planning. So it said that nine in 10 at 91% of people agree that more should be done to educate people about pensions. So what are some recommendations on how this should be done and should it fall to the employer or the employee or both? I would think both. Um, you know, one of the things that I'll often do with a client when they come in, if they do have a pension plan, is I will ask them to provide me with a recent pay stub. And when we go in, it's, it's you know, it's amazing how few people have ever taken the time to truly review their pay stub. And oftentimes we'll go through and we'll see what they're contributing to the plan, what the employer's contributing, and then we'll just quickly run the math to see what that percentage looks like. And there's times that people realize they could be contributing more to the pension plan and having it matched by their employer than what they're actually doing. So going through that exercise of knowledge. So that, you know, that is definitely the employees taking that time to just remind themselves what, you know, what, I guess, uh, benefits they have available through their employer. I think employers oftentimes, if you're a small employer, you may, you know, already be stretched to capacity with, you know, just trying to run your business. And oftentimes it's just, here's the information, go, go read it, ask me any questions after the fact. If you're a larger employer, you know, you might have access to more resources online. You might have a HR department, but again, some people don't reach out to those resources because they don't know what questions to ask. So it's not uncommon for, you know, when I sit with a client, I'll say, okay, what do you have in place for your pension plan? Is it indexed? You know, what do the survivor benefits look like? Um, You know, will you still have access to a health plan in retirement? And they may or may not know. So I will prepare a list of questions and say, okay, this is what you need to do. You need to go ask. And once they do, the employers are happy to give that information, you know, or provide them with their benefits booklet. And then we can sit down and go through it. The other thing I find is that employees don't necessarily know the best options to choose within a pension plan if they have to select their investments. Going through a questionnaire and then, you know, having a list of funds you have to choose from can be a daunting task if this is not a space you're comfortable in. So, you know, if you are not getting what you need from the employer or you're not asking for what you need from the employer and you don't have the financial literacy to read these documents, this is where reaching out to, you know, a professional to say, can you help me, you know, translate this and identify gaps will make such a big difference in how you feel and how much more prepared you'll be in the future. Yeah, I think that's some great advice because sometimes people think, you know, they're going to go to a professional like yourself, Jackie, um, to get uh, outside investment and planning help, right? They wouldn't necessarily think that they can go to someone like you to help them work through those things, right? And and recognize if there's any gaps. So uh, I think that's great uh, to point out for people. I think encouraging Canadians to save more for retirement is something that the majority of us can agree on. And the survey we've been discussing shows 88% of poll partic- participants 
Americans believe that more should be done to encourage people to save for retirement. So we're going to talk about that when we come back. Please stay with us. Every Saturday is perfect for a night at the cabin. The Cabin Party with Brian O'Connell. Saturday night starting at 7 p.m. on VOCM. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, licensed insolvency trustee with BDO Canada right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. I'm joined today by Jackie McCann-Scott. She's a certified financial planner and owner at Lupin Planning Group. So we've been talking about some recent surveys pertaining to the retirement readiness of Canadians. And while some of the findings are concerned Concerning, there are positives as well. And Jackie, we've learned from the polls that the majority of Canadians believe more needs to be done to encourage people to invest more in their retirement. So on that note, I want to mention a survey that I read just the other day. And it shows that despite the uncertain economic conditions we're expecting, nearly half of Canadians expect to contribute to a registered retirement savings plan this year. And 21% indicated they plan to contribute their maximum amount. Of those planning to contribute, 58% were between the ages of 18 and 34. So this research ties nicely, I think, with the point we made before the break that, you know, it's never too early Right. It's never. And you've said before in in a previous segment, it's never too late, never too early. And then in your 20s, it's the right time really to start thinking about retirement and putting money aside. And so, Jackie, that is because of something called compound interest, which I love. (laughs) So can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, I think it was Warren Buffett that said, uh, you know, people that understand compound interest earn it. People that don't pay it, <laughs> so, you know, uh, and I uh, and he's, he's certainly done well financially, Nancy. So, you know, I don't mind quoting him today, For but sure. um, essentially compound interest is earning interest on your interest. So the sooner you start putting money away, you know, and it starts to accumulate some interest, then every year you've got a larger base earning interest. So even if the rate of return remains the same, it's being earned on a larger balance and it compounds. It's like a snowball, you know, rolling down a hill, gathering gathering uh, size, speed and momentum. So, you know, I, I've said this many times over the years that I really believe it's your habits more so than your cash flow that will get you there and forming those good habits. And I see it more and more all the time. And this is really, you know, encouraging to me as a financial planner that I have clients coming in, you know, in their early twenties, wanting to, you know, become financially aware and financially literate and start a savings plan, you know, even if it's small, just to get into those habits. And it may be because they've seen their parents and their grandparents get to retirement age, you know, and not be fully prepared and, you know, feeling that financial stress and having to make those drastic decisions to downsize or not, you know, travel to visit the grandkids and those sorts of things. And they're like, you know, watching all of this, I think sometimes millennials in particular get a real bad rap, but, you know, um, my experience is when I have those conversations with those, you know, uh, people in their 20s and 30s, they're very engaged and very motivated to learn more and to do more. Um, Last year, when the government announced the new First Home Savers account, you know, our office was flooded with calls from young people wanting to set up an account, you know, um, just to get that room started and uh, to learn more about it. So, um, you know, it is definitely a bright spot. And I know in the previous segments, there was a lot of doom and gloom. But, you know, I think that, 
we need to focus on the hope and we need to focus on the fact that, you know, um, there are things that you can be taken advantage of. And yes, you know, the sooner you start, the more that that compound interest factor is going to benefit you. No, absolutely. And, you know, we've told uh, stories and given examples in the past, right, where you can see the difference that starting early makes with the amount you're putting away each month and how it grows versus having to put away a much larger amount, right, to get to the same um same place, I guess, right? When you're, when you're retiring. Absolutely. As I said, we have those factors, you know, the amount you save, what you earn on it and uh, how long you save. So, you know, if you can extend the timeline, even if you're not, you know, taking a lot of risk or getting a lot of return, you know, and, and can only afford to save a little bit time and compound interest will get you there. So if you start chopping the time, now you've got to put more in and you've got to maybe, you know, um, shoot for higher returns to close that gap so it it definitely time time is our greatest commodity it really is it's our most valuable commodity now jackie as we talk about this i'm sure there's many gen xers and boomers out there wishing that they had taken advantage of compound interest (laughs) and many are also likely thinking it's now too late for them but Coming up with a financial plan for your retirement is important no matter what age, right? I think we've established that. So what's your advice for Gen Xers and boomers that are listening today? Well, I uh, I would think, again, I do find that this particular segment of the demographic, you do have, you know, outliers that have really, you know, immersed themselves in understanding everything they can about, you know, uh, various tax saving strategies through RSPs, tax-free savings accounts, you know, um, people that do have a lot of financial literacy and are making it work for them. But I find a larger portion of this segment, you know, um, don't know what they don't know at this point. And there's a lot of misconceptions out there. I, uh, I received a call just the other day from a couple who fall in this demographic who've really leaned into saving through the tax-free savings account, uh, which is, you know, a great option for people. It will provide tax-free income to them when they're ready to retire in the next five to 10 years. But, you know, they had talked to someone about tax breaks uh, that you get when you contribute to an RSP. And they were looking to, you know, take all of their tax-free money and put it into an RSP this year to get, you know, a refund. And uh, while, you know, they weren't in a high tax bracket to begin with, so that refund, you know, would be helpful, but it wasn't really necessary. And I explained to them they were turning tax-free money into taxable money when you draw it out of the RSP. So again, it's not a one-size-fits-all solution, right? So, you know, I was thrilled that they reached out before they did anything because, you know, that might be a good strategy or it may not. And we really needed to sit down and look at, okay, what are we trying to accomplish here? You hear me say that all the time, you know, and that is what we lead with. What are you trying to accomplish? We figured out what their after-tax income need was, and they actually could stretch their money longer by leaving it in the tax-free than by moving into the RSP because it was tax-free money. So there was a lot of different things that came up in that conversation, and they left, I know, feeling much more confident about the decisions that they were about to make. We also talked about their Canada pension plan. Again, a lot of people rushed to take that at the first available opportunity at 60. And that may not be the best decision for you. You know, in a lot of cases, it's not the best decision. So, you know, don't do things because, you know, they said or someone at the water cooler mentioned it was a good idea. I would suggest to these folks, you do not know what they or the people at the water cooler have as a full financial picture and you need to 
work it based on your full financial picture. You know, again, I know I sound like a broken record today, but seek professional guidance. Ask someone who knows the questions before you do anything drastic, because sometimes these decisions can't be reversed, you know, and if you are not sure or you don't trust the source of the information, find someone who you do trust who can give you the right advice. Yeah, I could not agree with you more on that. I, I see and hear from people all the time when it comes to that, right? So my neighbor, um, this was their this is what happened in their bankruptcy. How come mine is going to look like this? Or my neighbor was able to do a consumer proposal for this amount. How come mine is a little higher or maybe mine is lower or, you know, whatever the, the case may be. And it's because it's apples and oranges, right? And Absolutely. it's no different with your, with any, anything that when it comes to your finances, it's apples and oranges. No two people have the exact same uh, situation. So it's always critical to make sure that you're getting the right advice and not just doing something that someone else did because it could have a completely different impact and maybe a negative impact uh, mm -hmm. to your point right on your own financial situation unintended well, consequences is what we call it <laughs> yeah absolutely so we know jackie that there is an affordability crisis happening happening and you know survey after survey show that the cost of living crunch is really preventing people from saving anything for the future and when you think about it for some people it's really hard to look at tomorrow when they're really struggling to get by today so what would you say to listeners feeling this way first of all that's very valid and you know i would say you are not alone in that feeling of I can't worry about tomorrow till I focus on today. And this is where, again, we try and mine for gold because you're right. We do have to worry about today's expenses before we can start putting the money, money away. And if people feel disheartened or discouraged by that, that's where I'll sit down and say, OK, you know, you actually are putting something away for the future. If you know, if we look at your cash inflows and your cash outflows and there is really nothing truly that is available to put into any ex additional savings plan for retirement. That's where I try and say, okay, well, you are, let's say, paying on your mortgage. So you are building up equity in your home. You're giving yourself, you know, that's an asset in your overall future retirement plan that if you're paying that off and, you know, in a reasonable manner, will give you some options down the road, whether that be to sell the property or, you know, to use the equity in the home, you know, as, um, as a security blanket if need be. I also remind them if they're working that they're contributing to the Canada Pension Plan, and that is money that they are putting aside for the future and that, you know, their employers are matching. So, you know, try, sometimes I'll say to people right now, you know, your biggest, you know, financial decision that you can make for your future self is to try and get your debts under control. Because if your debts are paid down right now, uh, and we, you know, look at some restructuring of your debts to pay less interest and more on the principal, you are still making decisions that are going to affect your future self because, that's less debt you're going to carry into retirement and less cash flow that you're going to need to make those minimum payments. So, you know, it's how when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Yeah, and absolutely. that's, you know, what sometimes those conversations, people come in saying, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. Let's focus on what you are doing. And let's, you know, and let's, you know, create some sense of you got this before we start beating you up about what you're not doing, right? And that to me 
create so much um, momentum and so much empowerment that some of these other things we've been talking about that are outside of your control, like inflation and you know market volatility, control what is controllable because then you don't feel quite as you know uh, overwhelmed as you can feel when you hear the surveys like the one we talked about at the top. No, I agree, Jackie. Like perspective really is everything. And, you know, we you often hear pessimism or optimism or glass half empty or glass half full. And it really is about perspective and focusing on what you can control, right? And, mm-hmm. and what you are doing uh, to secure your future. Well, it all comes back to uh, most of these discussions, right? It comes back to meeting with a professional. So we're going to talk about the benefits of that when we come back. Please stay with us. Nutrition, exercise, keeping the cold at bay. Whatever keeps you feeling great, the Wellness and Healthy Lifestyle Show on your VOCM. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guest today is Jackie McCann-Scott. She's a certified financial planner and owner at Lupin Planning Group. So we're talking about retirement readiness and, you know, some surveys that have come out, studies that have been released by the National Institute on Aging and showing that, you know, saving for retirement has really become even more of a struggle for Canadians. So if you're among them, it might be time to consider reaching out to a professional. Uh, You know, we've talked about several instances today where talking to someone like Jackie can really make a difference, right? To, To show you what the positive is, what you are doing, if you're feeling like you're not doing enough or you don't know how to change, um, what you're doing or, you know, situations where you've gotten advice from a friend or neighbor, but that advice may not be the right advice for you. So you can never um, put a price, I think, on talking to someone like Jackie. So Jackie, let's talk about the importance of working with a financial planner when it comes to retirement planning. What advice do you have for listeners? Well, you know, at the risk of uh, sounding like I'm uh, tooting my horn or that of my colleagues who work in the financial planning field, I just wanted to talk about a a financial stress index that uh, FP Canada, which is the, you know, uh, the organization that oversees certified financial planners in this country. Every year they release a financial stress index. And for the sixth year in a row, they've shown that while Canadians have money as their top source of stress due to the things like we're talking about here today, that a larger percentage of Canadians feel that working with a financial planner has lessened that stress. So, you know, the survey showed that 40% of Canadians who don't work with a planner says that money is the number one stressor in their lives, and only 30% of Canadians who work with a financial planner feel the same way. So there is research to show that when you seek financial guidance from a professional, not only will your numbers likely improve, Nancy, but your overall mental health and wellness will likely improve as well. You know, one in four Canadians who use a financial planner say they don't have any financial regrets, you know, whereas uh, 17% of Canadians who don't have a financial planner say they don't have regrets. So, you know, again, all these numbers uh, would indicate that when you work with someone, you can, again, when you know better, you do better. And this is what we do. We, we delve, we live in this world every single day. So, um, you know, I think it's really important for people to know that, help exists and you know we we can translate some of these really concept topics and help you gain the clarity that you need to make informed decisions one step at a time 
No, absolutely. It's so important. And I know we talk about this every time you're on, but I ask it because it's important for people to understand, like there's lots of options out there, but you need to make sure that you feel like you've selected the right person for you right? Like you're going to be sharing a lot of personal information. You want to make sure that you've got that comfort that um, you can do that, right? And that you're, you're, you're going to, you're comfortable that you're going to get the right advice. You're trusting individual that you're working with. So what would you tell listeners about the importance of finding that right person? And it's okay to, to sort of talk to many, right? Until you find the one you're looking for. Absolutely. You know, and not, not everybody will be a fit for you and that's okay. Um, you know, I am keenly aware in our office um, when people come in and maybe they've worked with other planners in the past who've really leaned in on, you know, trying to get the best rate of return or, you know, increasing the amount that they're able to save and, you know, and tax strategies. And I start asking about things like, you know, um, their goals and their dreams and, you know, what keeps them up at night and, you know, questions that they may or may not have ever been asked before. And you can tell when that's something that a person is comfortable with and something that they're not comfortable with. Right. Um, and, and I'll often say, I'm not asking these questions because I'm nosy. I'm asking them because I need to understand everything that is going to potentially help us move forward and everything that's going to help that may create a roadblock, you know, and that's, and that's part of that. So it's really, really important because our job as financial planners are made easy when there's a fit as well. So, you know, if, if you want to work with someone that is really focused on one particular area of planning and that works for you, then that works for you. Don't question it. Um, don't settle. These decisions are too important. This is a relationship. And don't, you know, like any relationship in your life, if it doesn't feel right, move on. There, you know, you can go to the FP Canada website and there's a find a financial planner link that you'll see right up in the top right hand corner it's just fpcanada.ca and you know they will give you a list of people in your area that have committed to a higher standard of financial planning excellence and you know knowledge that are doing the continuing education to remain you know informed and current um, and that have to adhere to a code of conduct that always puts the client first so i would say you know go there have a look if you find one you like great if you don't have success the first time keep trying you know this is uh the the swipe left or right of financial planning <laughs> <laughs> you can certainly do that <laughs> i love that that's something that many of uh, listeners out there will relate to right like the social media and the apps and all all those <laughs> things that's a great analogy <laughs> yeah so what is, I guess, what is, is it that people can expect from an initial meeting, right? Or follow up future meetings um, or for someone who has a financial planner now, how often should they even be meeting with them? Well, certainly in terms of what you should expect initially, uh, we, we take our clients through um, a letter of engagement. So that will give them an overview of the types of services we offer, the companies we work with, you know, how we're kind compensated, which is something that is always, you know, a question on people's minds. Um, you know, if there's any privacy, like what our privacy policy is, because to your point, we do 
ask people, especially the further down we go into the financial planning process, you know, if we're putting insurance policies in place, we're going to be asking, you know, health information and family history and lifestyle questions. When we're doing the investment side, setting up different accounts, we're going to need to see driver's license, banking information. We deal with a lot of really confidential information here. So we do have a really strict privacy policy. We go through that whole process just so they understand what they can expect of us and what we would expect for them so that we can do our jobs to the best of our ability. And then once we have that understanding, and again, that comes to finding that fit, then we do what we call our fact find, where we will dig deep into understanding, you know, what's the number one reason that you're here today, because we have to lead with that, you know, that's what you're trying to accomplish. And then some other questions that help us get a better understanding of that scenario and what we're dealing with here. In terms of how often you should meet with your advisor, um, we keep the lines of communication open we you know we reach out to our clients through various means like our social media and our newsletter but we encourage them if there's any major life event reach out immediately because that may change the plan and then we like to meet with them depending on the complexity of the plan and what stage they're at you know once a year to once every two years um, if it's something that we've done a lot of upfront planning and now we just need to let the plan do its thing for a period of time but again always accessible and you should always feel like you can reach out to your planner at any point with a question and and they should be happy to help you with that yeah, I think that's a great point, right? It doesn't need to be a comprehensive meeting where you're going through the full plan or updating. It can be simple, simply just putting your mind at ease around a, a question that you have or something that you've heard in the news or something you heard at the water cooler, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that you, you want to run by. I think, you know, having that relationship and that comfort to say, look, I just, I want to reach out and, and get some clarity uh, around this stuff. So listen, as always, Jackie, some great advice for listeners out there today. We do have a couple of minutes left now for some final thoughts. So what would your final piece of advice or final thought be for listeners today? Um, I would say... The most important thing to do is to not bury your head in the sand and not let the, you know, the media reports, you know, and all the bad news that tends to, you know, grab the top headlines, stop you from taking some action. Do not freeze. You know, there is no need, even though there's a lot of slow on, snow on the ground today and it's cold out, there's no need to freeze, you know, um, just start by scheduling a conversation and having someone ask you the questions to gain the clarity that you might be missing right now. Clarity is powerful and, and having someone on your team to help you find that clarity, I think is key. So, you know, don't, I've said this many times, Nancy, there's no need to go this alone. There really is no need to go this alone. So reach out for help, go to that FP Canada website, find a financial planner that you can work with and, and get started. A job started is a job half done. Yeah, I love that. And Jackie, if people wanted to reach out to you directly to get some advice, uh, wanted to learn more about Lupin Planning Group, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, they can reach out to our office directly. Uh, as I said, we have a team of financial planners that would love to chat with you. And that email address is hello at lupinplanninggroup.ca, or they can call our office at 709-781-3526. And that is Lupin spelled L-U-P-I-N, as in our beautiful provincial flower. <laughs> 
That's great. Well, thanks again, Jackie, for coming on. Like I said, it's always great to have you on. You always have practical, you know, really great advice uh, for our listeners. And of course, for our listeners out there, I always want to hear from you. So if you have a comment or question or topic you'd like us to discuss here on Your Money, you can email me at yourmoney@bdo.ca or give me a call at 800-563-8337. Until next week, I'm Nancy Snedden. Stay safe and be well, everyone. If you have a question or comment, send an email to yourmoney at bdo.ca. This has been Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, Licensed Insolvency Trustees on your VOCM.